friends and folks, and welcome back to another episode of Scanline Tabletop. This is a little side campaign set in our Beam Saber campaign called The Starsung Distance. Uh, we are taking a little branch off uh, with everything that's going on. We thought it was maybe not the best time. Uh, we're, uh, I Sorry, let me let me start over. Uh, I'm not totally over. You, you know, you're listening to the podcast. You know how this works. Yeah. Uh, I'm Six Detmar, the game manager. I'm Jennifer Uncle. And I'm Kyrie Page. And so usually if it's just these two, we are playing uh, our Blades in the Dark campaign, Ghosts of Parliament. But uh, it's been a real week, like a real, real week here. Um, and I know it will be the next week by the time this comes out. But honestly, I, I bet we'll still be reeling. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it didn't seem like the best time to do a campaign set in a setting where the cops are violent and evil and the government is super corrupt it just didn't seem like the time for that there will be time in the future <laughs> yes we are definitely going to be back to that setting but like it, it'd be nice to take a little step away and uh it'd also be nice just to um to mess around in this setting some more and mess with you know a corner of it we haven't seen very much uh so I don't have a name for this site. Maybe maybe by the time this goes live, there will be a name for this thing. Maybe I'll do an audio drop-in. Maybe I just made my life hell by saying that. <laughs> um, but um, this is a, new, a little side campaign. Um, I don't know if we'll ever return to it. It might just be one session. Um, but, you know, it's it, it'll be out there. Um, and we are going to be exploring a, uh, a faction that has uh, literally only been said once in this entire podcast, uh, there the name Seven Bells was said once in one intro, um, but that's that's the that's the squad that we're going to be playing as here. Um, this is a, a squad within the Anti Entropists, and basically their deal is that they are exploring the universe. Uh, most of humanity was like, "Hey, we found a place to live. We're good now," and Seven Bells was like, "I don't really feel like that's a good reason to stop looking around." So they're still looking around, and our two players uh, are, are are playing characters from that faction. Uh, who wants to go first? So I'm playing Sonnet in the Stars, um, essentially a psychic empath who um, acts as the ambassador for the ship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, your playbook is the empath. Um, and I play Mist Over Fields. Um, the i uh, the playbook is known as the proxy because i am ostensibly an ai that helps manipulate machinery but mostly the ship mm -hmm. uh but the thing is actually you're you're not really artificial in your intelligence <laughs> not quite no <laughs> um yeah uh so background for for this crew um that we know here and that's um i guess it's just valuable so basically seven bells is just going around exploring poking at the the edges of the of the galaxy and the universe and and trying to figure out you know like if the anti-entropists as a faction are determined to figure out how to stop the universe from decaying uh one of the most important things to doing that would be to know what the universe is um 
And so Seven Bells are mostly dedicated to going around and just seeing stuff that people haven't seen before and, and getting a bigger picture of the universe at large. Um, and part of that involved you accidentally poking at a black hole, um, which generally is an anti-entropist thing that, that they're good at, but actually mostly this connector to the ones that are good at it. Um, because for y'all, it didn't go great. Yeah, there was a little bit of an incident that happened that um, Mist Over Fields lost uh, her body uh, to mm -hmm. the uh, black hole, but was rescued by Sonnet and the Stars with uh, her new psychic abilities. Yeah, in that moment, Mist lost her body and then Sonnet uh, gained uh, psychic abilities and sort of in a, in a, a desperate motion managed to, to pluck... Uh, Mist Overfield's mind from the black hole away from the body, and uh, now you're just sort of a free-floating uh, natural intelligence. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty wild. Uh, well, you know, it's it's we're we're messing. Like, listen, you are playing. You are both playing classes. I guess I could see allowing one of you to play the proxy in the main campaign. Um, not like this. And I definitely would not allow either of you to play the empath normally. So we're going a little, we're going a little, a little more wild, um, just because we're we're going into we're in the uh, outer edges territory. of the yeah we're in the outer edges of the universe, unexplored territory. Who knows what yeah. can happen here? Totally. Um, though we are still in the Milky Way, um, mm -hmm. because going between galaxies is really just a really big job. <laughs> um, <laughs> And so you are exploring um, the far reaches of the Milky Way, um, and uh, there is an incident that happens. So you are exploring a nebula, and uh, the nebula has sort of like has a has an unexpected reaction. Um, we all know nebulas are basically like like the gas that will condense into being a star, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that takes a very long time to happen. Uh, however. In this instance, there was sort of like a micro, like a, a, on a small scale, part of it condensed really fast around you, probably in reaction to your engines or something. Um, and your um, your hyperspace drive was badly damaged, and so was your captain. Captain uh, Kindness Paves Ruined Roads is uh, is down for the count, uh, not not dead, um, and also not unconscious, just sort of like like uh, badly injured and and laid up in the med bay right um and so without uh a full-time captain and without the ability to go to hyperspace um your ability to travel is severely limited and uh that is that is sort of the the position you find yourselves in at the moment um i think right now um on the bridge uh, Mr. Overfields is probably, you're probably usually on the bridge, right? Just because that's where a lot of the good electronics are. Yes, uh, that's where all the good, good, uh, electronics be, where I just, just rest amongst the circuits and just, you know, vibe a little bit, but also help mm -hmm. steer the ship. Uh, and an interesting thing is you are, like, um, our, our squad, Seven Bells, um, has an ability called AR Echoes, um, and the way that works in, in this setting, basically, is that um, because of your close encounter with a black hole and, and how that went, 
um, you can kind of see echoes of things that are black hole touched, right? So, like, you don't look like a person to them, Mist, exactly, but they can see you. Like, if they look at a compute, like, three computers, they can see which one you're in. Now, is it they can see me or they can sense me? Um... I, you know, I, we can go with sense. It's just like, they can just tell. Um, I don't, I don't know that it being like, like ocular is, is particularly important. It's your mind's eye. It's something. I mean, I think, I think it's, it's, it's rather uncanny, which is a lot of this, um, a lot of this stuff around, uh, having your existence partially trapped in a black hole is, uh, your normal set of senses you realize are a little inadequate. Um, so like, that's just, that's just for detail. Like if you, if you deal with, uh, as a random example, if you were to deal with a Meridian, they would not be able to tell where you were, but your own squad mates can because of their experiences. And I imagine Sonnet is like really able to tell where I am. Like, like maybe we have like a stronger connection than most. I could see that. That makes sense. Um, also on the bridge besides you two is the, uh, the doctor of your, of your crew. Uh, uh, your doctor is Riddle Crimson, uh, they, them. And then, um, the, uh, second mate, the second in command, second officer, whatever, uh, time Teldrick. Um, and the, the four of you are kind of having a powwow about like what the hell you do at this point, I think. And 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 go, clack the little thing together. <laughs> <laughs> well, I looked at the hyperdrive again. It's still, it's still borked. Huh. Uh. Time Teldrick says, "Well, we should have sublight at least. We can still get around, but not very far." I mean, we can't, basically, we can do, before before we had, like, proper hyperspace, which is, like, A to B jumps, you can do just general faster than light, and that's what we've got, um, but that's not very fast compared to the distances we're talking about. Hmm. I also don't think we're going to be able to do field repairs in a way that are going to be able to get the hyperdrive back up. Um I looked at I looked at the damage, and uh, I'll spare you the technical mumbo jumbo, but uh, there are some uh, elements involved, some very rare elements that uh, were vaporized, and if we don't have them, we don't have them. You can't fix that. Are we nearby anything that we could like stop at and collect the elements that we need, or would it need to be built by someone who knows these ships first? Um, I mean, any, any, you know, modern technology group would be able to, to, to do this, I would think. Um, we're kind of in the middle of nowhere, but, um, I mean, we were going through that nebula and our sensors, sensors were kind of down. I haven't really done a scan since we left it because we've been dealing with all of this. Um, I know we could take a look around. Maybe, maybe we'll find a plan. God, I hope we don't have to mine some of our own. That's such a pain in the ass. <laughs> well, the alternative is getting back home without a functioning hyperdrive, right? 
I mean, we don't have to go home necessarily. That's not really our job, but I guess the the option to go home is important. I I guess to rephrase it, uh, how close are we to a place we could stop at and uh, have our ship taken care of? Uh, well, let me... I could take a look around. Yeah, could you could you do a scan, uh, Mist? I I like I know where the like the I, I know where there is a station, but by sublight that would be weeks. Um it'd be nice if we could probably a week and a half. Um but if there's something closer, that would be great. Uh Mist hops over to the scanning like instruments. Okay. Uh, and begins to just you don't see knobs adjusting but you definitely hear like signals whirring like in the background Mm -hmm. and like you hear the noise Mm -hmm. uh please roll for me a survey okay and um and do you want to um I can give you a bonus die if we declare... So your vehicle is the ship? That's right. I um, am not, the ship. Right. Uh, not not a mecha. Your vehicle is, is the actual, like, the, 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 the cruiser or whatever you're on. Um, if you declare one load for your proxy specialist vehicle equipment analytics suite, I can give you a bonus die. Yeah. that I think, like, since we're mostly out here in the in the proverbial wilderness like having long range scanning equipment is important mm-hmm. uh, analytics suite generally is more for like analyzing like materials and stuff but in the circumstances I think it makes sense um, uh, go off queen okay I'm going to roll 2d6 uh, yes please 4 and 4 okay uh, partial success um, you get a, uh, um, so scanning the area, um, you are kind of, kind of in the middle of, of nowhere, which is generally where you are, right? So, um, that's not, that's not that surprising. Um, there are, uh, most of the stars that are, that are within, you know, reasonable distance don't seem to have a whole lot of planets orbiting them. Um, there is one that has a couple of gas giants, and it's possible to try your luck with that, but it doesn't seem like this doesn't seem like ideal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then there you do get a ping, um, relatively nearby, of a um, a structure that um, it seems like it is a series of asteroids, but they're like you you do a couple of pings, right? And the way they're moving doesn't like it's like they're synchronized or something mm-hmm. um, in a way that is either a, a, a new kind of phenomenon, which is worth looking into or is artificial. Right. Right. Things don't go synchronized swimming in this part of the galaxy. Unless something weird is going on or unless someone is making them. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as far as um, the, the mixed success part of this, um, I think um, 
you are are dipping around when you um you discover another problem. Oh dear. Uh so uh Time Teldrick knew about the the hyperspace drive. And you are sort of hopping around with your sensors and uh, you're doing like material scans and stuff to try and learn more about the asteroids or whatever it is that's moving. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's too far away. You don't get any good data from that. But you do get some weird movement like you're like, oh, there's some weird like gas movement nearby. Oh, our oxygen generator is leaking. Oh, no. Um, that is, uh, that is a more, since it is a generator, not a tank, that is a more long-term problem than you would think, right? That does give you numerous days before it's a problem. And probably you could fix it with field repairs. It would just be difficult. It'd be easier to use a dry dock or something, right? Um, right. or a wet dock. I don't know what kinds of docks there are. You know, the dock, you park the dock. it, the space you parallel dock. park, and then uh-huh. you pull out the wrench or whatever. Um, <laughs> Uh, so it's like, okay, this is maybe more pressing than we thought. Uh, gang, this isn't a problem for me, but this is a problem for everybody else. Uh, our oxygen tank is leaking. Uh, Riddle Crimson says, I'm a doctor, trust me. We need that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's find some place to land, hopefully quickly. I did see some activity in this, and I, like, manipulate a screen to show, like, the coordinates of where the anomaly is. It's like, I did see something here. I think it might be worth taking a look at. That's only, like, half a day away. That's not too bad. Um, Unless it turns out there's nothing there and we spent half a day with... Well, you know what? Here's what I'm going to do. Uh... Mist, if you can work on on getting us there, I will, uh, you know, get on the old. Mm, I was gonna go outside with a normal suit, but if we're using sublight, I can't do that. Um, I'll do. I'll see what work I can do for the oxygen tank on the inside. Roger, Dodger. <sighs> okay. All right. All right. Uh... I adjust the ship's coordinates and begin uh, begin sailing, as it were. Uh, you, you deploy the sail. Deploy the solar sail. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, you, 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 you strap sonnet to the mizzenmast. Uh, mm. and, <laughs> uh, and then the sirens show up, and, and everyone else has the wax in their ears, but, but sonnet's like, no, no, you have to let me go. Uh... <laughs> Are you mixing Greek mythology with Tron with the whole solar sailor thing? I never Tron? said solar. That was all that was all Kyrie. I'm yeah. purely doing Greek mythology. <laughs> also, I was thinking more treasure planet. Oh. Mm. Well, none of these things happen. <laughs> none of these things happen. <laughs> uh yeah, I think um you get within within a closer distance, you're getting on a close approach. And uh, indeed, it is a it is a sort of a network of asteroids. Um, there's sort of a big center one, and there are a bunch of smaller ones that are connected to it. And they're connected by uh, some are connected by like like tunnels, which seem fairly stable. And some of them are instead connected by just like tethers. Um, but the tethers are sort of like like um, have a current running through them to to make them like hold taut. Um, and it seems like someone has just sort of built this yeah this like 
a bunch of asteroids connected by like strings of metal basically um and you are seeing signs of of um like electronic generation and stuff from it um you are still a decent ways out but you're close enough to tell all of that hmm. okay what's the name of your ship what about the ripple okay ripple's a pretty good name what about okay. the ripple cafe ripple cafe <laughs> do we serve drinks here Sure. I mean, you're living on there. I bet they have drinks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just like the name for some reason. <laughs> the Ripple Cafe. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was thinking the Ripple because like we're like a stone cast out into a still lake. And Cafe because we can have a big coffee bean uh, <laughs> logo emblazoned on the side of the ship. What if, what if it, like, what if it, when it first went out, it was just, like, the Ripple? Like, it was, you know, that was sort of the lofty name when it was first commissioned. Um, but over time, y'all have sort of made the name a little more, like, friendly, a little more warm. Yeah. Because you've been on it for long enough that you're like, listen, the Ripple sounds pretty impersonal. We're the Ripple Cafe. <laughs> it's cool. I, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. And maybe one of our crew members is way into making coffee and stuff like that, so... They have their own. They have their own little setup going. I think. I mean, Time Teldrick is definitely a coffee addict, but yeah, hardcore. Uh, Time Teldrick just always looks tired. tired Not big on sleep. Wired. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So, uh, if you wanna, if you want, you know, board is yours. So. Out of curiosity, uh, mm -hmm. Mist whispers to Sonnet, it's like, Sonnet, can you, like, tap into some sort of psychic field or whatever to see if there's, you know, thoughts in this sector? I could try. I haven't, I haven't entirely gotten the hang of my powers yet, and... I think that happened once accidentally, and it was very noisy and loud, but uh, I'll see what I can do. Sonic, can you find hot singles in my area? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so let's let's look. That's um, that is definitely a far sight. Um, so you're going to be rolling a survey. Which is a one for you, but uh, you get to roll plus one D for that because of Farsight, because of the way you're doing this. Um, so you will get to ask me some questions after you after you roll it. Okay. Two D six. A four and a one. Okay, so that's a four. Um, let me say here. I rarely use the gather information rules, but they are actually pretty cool, so I should. Um, okay, so let's look at the gather information questions you can ask. Um, I will let you ask two, and... Um, okay, so these aren't... Hmm. Hmm? Um... 
so uh, the 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 empath uh, gather information questions are not the most useful necessarily. So we're gonna have to we may have to be a little flexible here. The the ones they come up with for empath are how is this person hurt? How is this person vulnerable? Are they telling the truth? What d drives them to do this? What are they feeling? Who's most afraid of me? What's really going on here? Obviously, only one of those is even at all logical, yeah. given the situation. Um, I'm gonna look at the scout. Because you are doing scouting, so maybe scout questions will be more useful. Um, okay. Yeah, those are a little those are a little narrow for what they're having you do. Um, okay. Um, you know, I'm just going to improvise some questions because I don't think they're again. I don't think their examples are great for our circumstance. They're all very. They're all, all. All these questions seem like they're designed for standing in place of someone and like looking at them and your ability that is expressly about not being in person. So that doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, let's see. I think um, you can ask like um, two questions, as I say. Um, what's really going on here? Uh, what is the prevailing emotion? Uh, what happened here recently? And... Can I detect something other than our crew? That's that's a boring question. Uh, oh. And what is about to happen? I will... Uh, two of those. Okay. Um, maybe what the emotion is right now and uh, what's about to happen. Okay, I'll answer the first one first and then you can you can change your second answer if you if, if that changes things for you um so i think um what you sense um sort of from the from the asteroids up ahead you're using farsight so you sort of project yourself out and uh what you see is like um you see uh like a, a like a a girl maybe like 17 18 in overalls um, with like a welder's mask lifted up on her head and she's floating in like zero G over by a, um, like a, a, a sort of a, a very old beat up looking spaceship in, in, in a dock. Um, clearly there's oxygen because she doesn't have a normal suit on. Um, and you can see that she like, you know, there's like, there's like, you know, like grease and stuff on, on her, on her skin. She's been working pretty hard and she looks kind of tired, but she looks uh, she looks happy. It is. It's, it seems like this is a person who um, is working very hard, but is finding the work rewarding. And I think that's sort of the overall, like the vibe of this place is that it is a place that is not an easy place to live, but it's working, and people are finding it rewarding. Okay. Um, I think I'll stick with my second question. What's about to happen? Um. I think what is about to happen um, is that um, that's sort of a general question. I, I, I want to point that's that's a question that this is very commonly used in gather information. Um, so that the answer I give you may not be the most helpful. It's just um, in the coming days, um, some of the asteroids that are connected via tethers rather than corridors uh will be mined down to a point where their useful resources are gone and they'll be detached and let go. 
Um, there will continue to be uh, a steady buzz of activity, but the main thing you're noticing is that other than like people moving between these asteroids over these days to come, people don't like leave, leave. They stay in this little network of asteroids. They do not explore beyond it. So kind of the answer is at least as, as far as you're concerned, if you just sat here, you could just sit here. Maybe they notice you. Maybe they don't. Maybe they're just hoping you'll leave. Maybe they're like, well, we'll mind our own business, but they don't have any intention of fucking with you. Okay. So they seem pretty independent and like they more or less live their full time? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We we have found like a space mining colony, it seems like. Yeah, less, something yeah. like that. Um, but it's really, this is really out there, right? Um, this is space where you don't have records of, I mean, like the records of other colony ships are incomplete, of course, but um, because it's just so much time that you can't have a complete chart, but like commonly charted routes and stuff, there shouldn't be anybody over here. Okay. Living off the grid and all that. Seems like. Okay. Hey folks, it's hard to say exactly whether, um, whether they'll be hostile or not, but they seem like they're pretty chill just doing their own thing within this mining colony situation. Um, Wait, there are people here? Yeah. Like, over... They're all kind of grouped together in these asteroids, and I'm not really seeing a place to conveniently dock, but um, maybe if we head over there, they can either help us fix one of our problems or point us in the right direction. Yeah, I think your experience with using this sonnet the few times you have is that it's like... Um, as, a, as a player, you get to ask the questions you want, but like in universe, in character, it's kind of just like you push your mind in a direction and like you can't entirely predict what you're going to see, right? You can't be like, let me take a look at their shipyards. You can just sort of be like, let me look over there and maybe you'll end up in the shipyards, maybe you'll end up in a Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> but I can usually tell how far I've traveled, right? Yeah, you. I mean, you have a you have a sense of where it is. Like you can you can tell. Like I don't think you could you could probably point out which asteroid it was that 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 mechanic was at, for instance. I don't know if you could point. You couldn't like point a specific spot like well enough for someone to snipe them. Not that you'd want to do that, but like you can't be that precise. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, you're like okay, they were they were on that one there. Okay. And maybe maybe if you get better at this, you'll be able to narrow it down more. But okay, so here's the general coordinates for where I, or for where these asteroids seem to be. We could head over there and see if there's anything we can do with our ship to get it fixed. Because it seems like there's some handy people over there. Mist like takes the information that Sana is giving and translate it translates it into like hard numbers. Yeah, I think um, I think you have a sense of the so the way this thing is moving, uh, missed since you did that math. Um, mm -hmm. It seems like it is in a. Um, you're sort of like doing the calculations, and it's not. Um, it's probably on an orbit, technically, in a like the way this you know the way 
space works is that most things are probably in an orbit technically, right? It's just they're sometimes they're in such a huge orbit that it barely feels like one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of the the experience you get from this. You're like, okay, this has like this thing is moving and occasionally it bumps into like a gravitational field or another and gets sort of pulled a little bit in one way or another, but mostly it's kind of just floating through space doing its own thing. And and floating, like, it's floating quickly compared to, like, a star, I guess, but it's not like a comet or anything. It's kind of just moseying. Like a, like a piece of driftwood on a river. Yeah, yeah, that's a decent comparison. Like, like, like seven pieces of driftwood sort of tied together by rope. Cool. We don't really have any other leads, do we? It, it seems like something that we might as well just head over there and see what we can do. Um, so, I mean, I guess just, just to reiterate, um, a week and a half away, there is um, there is a station you could reach. And then more close by, there are some gas giants you could go to and try and see if you could get the necessary materials to repair the drive. Statistically, there are decent odds of them having what you need. If you worked, but you'd have to sort of do the work manually. Yeah, but I'm guessing our oxygen doesn't really have a week and a half to get over to the dock we're trying to get to. Uh, I mean, you'd have to make some rolls. Yeah. I think if you were just like, okay, let's turn on the engines and go, that wouldn't go very well. But if you're like, hey, let's do some, let's do some like feet, like some field repairs on the ship and then go, we'll make some rolls. We could make it happen if you want. Okay. Uh, I can't really repair things, but I can point out problems. <laughs> Do we have an engineer on the ship? Uh, I think Time Teldrick is probably is is probably your best engineer. Um, doing sort of double duty. This is the it's um. Since there's not much expectation that you're going to be fighting or anything, um, for the size of the ship, it's a fairly light crew. Um, so Time Teldrick sort of pulls double duty as, like, engineer and officer. Um, as far as more, like, just, like, general mechanical stuff, you just have, you know, like, automated machines that take care of things. Okay. Well, getting the oxygen would be, like, a situation that's straightened out would probably be best because mist would get very lonely. Um... <laughs> <laughs> uh... Yes, you would. Uh, let's see. Yeah, let's let's see if I can work together with uh, time to like resolve the oxygen situation. Okay. Uh, that's an engineer, which yeah, you have zero in, unfortunately. Um, let's see here. any relevant abilities uh you can't really like you can't possess wires together unfortunately um if you want i could roll as time and you could uh take a stress to assist that's kind of what i was thinking like like mist just like translates the problems to like 
like I imagine it's a role in which Mist simplifies the problem so that we tackle it like one piece at a time. Mm. So that um time doesn't have to do as much of heavy lifting. How does it feel to possess a machine that's partially or at least or partially or entirely broken? How does that feel? It feels like it feels a lot like when you have a cramp somewhere that just won't go away. Mm. Like it is a like if Mist had a body, it would be like she would feel like a knot in her stomach that she just can't seem to resolve. Mm. Okay. That makes sense. Let me go ahead and roll. I'm rolling two D six, take the higher. Uh, unfortunately, it's two threes, which is a failure. Darn it. Um, also, don't forget to take one stress for assisting. Um, so I think um, what happens is uh, time is sort of following your, following your directions. And it's – you're like – you're – First, you're sort of like using like like cameras and stuff, and sort of like trying to use like guide lights to guide uh, time to do the right thing, and it's like you just don't feel like you have enough information, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so you do jump over to like the actual the actual oxygen generator, um, and you're describing things from there, and it's you're just too close, right? Your explanations don't make sense to time. And so time is like trying to trying to work based on what you're what you're telling them, but just can't make sense of of your directions, and um, like makes makes a bad cut, and the generator blows out. Um, and so now you are, you know, it's going to be out of commission much faster. Uh, maybe maybe another day and a half, and then also. Um, you are having to use a little bit of, of your engine power to correct for the fact that like it is generating a little bit of thrust by how fast the ener- the oxygen is venting out of a hole in the side. Damn, okay. Okay, new plan. <laughs> <laughs> Sonnet? Yeah? I can send, I can try and make a connection, like, a a hailing frequency out to that asteroid field. See if we can get someone on the line who might be able to help us out over, like, if we, you know, set up, you know, cameras or something to the problem, maybe they can assist better than I could. That sounds like a good idea to me, yeah. Um, so I'm basically working with uh, Mist to set up the relay. Yeah, um, you can either just roll this straight as a sway, or um, Mist, you can take stress to assist. Um, I will take on more stress because, like, this is if the end if the ship is hurting, I'm hurting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, then, uh, uh, Sonnet, you can roll three d six pretty good all right placing my hope in you dice 
get me at least a four. Okay, I got a six. Okay, great. Um, so you reach out to this asteroid, um, and you get um, it's sort of like, it's like you um you like you call as it as it were, and like you 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 have it like ring through, and then you call again, um. And, uh, like, the, the video call picks up, and there is a, uh, there is a man, um, who, like, is, is sitting at, at a counter, and he also, like, he also is sort of, like, in, in, like, engineering attire, he's in, like, a, a coverall, um, and he's wearing some very thick, uh, rubber gloves, um, and he says, uh, Vesta Station. Oh, what's our ship name again? The the Ripple Cafe. Hey there, this is the Ripple Cafe. Um, we're basically in a pretty dire mechanical situation here. Like um, a pretty major break within our oxygen tanks. And we were hoping that uh, maybe we could show you what's happening and you could give us some guidance. Uh, we don't do remote tech support. Let me get a few, get you on some scopes. And you see, like, uh, reaching out and hitting switches. And, like, compared to your setup, it seems like the, the tech they're working with is very, like, physical, right? Like, um, I think anti-entropist ships, you've got a lot of, like, like um, touch-capacitive buttons and stuff, right? And this is very mm-hmm. much, like, on their end, it's very, like, clicky and, like, flipping, like like, you know, metal little metal switches and stuff um and turning dials um very very physical um and uh chris go ahead i was gonna say like maybe like iris lenses are focusing and Mm. like like mechanical whirring yeah yeah and uh and the the man says "Mm." all right got you on scope uh oh blown tank i see uh, looks like the rest of your ship's in pretty good shape. Uh, hyperspace a little little banged up there. Could use a new uh, use a new filament. Uh, I'll send a tow out to you. Um, and we can work things out once you're at the station. Awesome, much appreciated. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Uh, you know, mind your manners on the station. Uh, we don't get a lot of outsiders, but you know, folk in need. You know. Take care of them. For sure. Uh, and yeah, a, uh, a like a, a sort of a, a tow ship, like a, a ship that's like, it's it's a pretty like basic design, but it's it just seems like you know like almost like a big UFO catcher, right? Um, it sort of <laughs> flies up and just like carefully wraps around your ship. It does still shake a little bit because you can't grab onto another ship without there being a little bit of an impact. But they know what they're doing. Um, they're fairly delicate about it. Um, and they grab you and they reel you into dock and you um you have the moment like there's a moment um whenever you're going into a modern space station and this is for all its differences it's still modern enough um where you pass through sort of like the force barrier and you can sort of like your sensors are like okay now we are in we are in atmo um and it turns off the oxygen generator because you know it was venting some oxygen but it also still was creating enough for you to breathe for the time being um but as long as you're in Atmo, it doesn't need to. So it turns it off. And the ship is, you know, brought into a 
uh, a dock. Okay. Well, that's one problem solved. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, it's... Like, I imagine as long as we can maybe foot the bill, things will be okay. Hopefully. Hopefully they still take credits over here. I mean, everyone takes credits, right? Uh, you you sense a digital shrug. <laughs> Fair enough, Mist. It's... Can't say we run into many people like this during our travels. Time is just loudly drinking coffee. <laughs> just loud slurps. Mm-hmm. Uh, What's the doctor doing? Uh, working like the doctor's in the in the med bay with um with the captain, uh, Captain Kindness. Right. But um, I think like. Well, at least on your own ship, when you ask me questions like that, you can just sort of like very quickly pop in, right? So you move pretty fast around digital networks. And so like mm-hmm. you can tell that like uh, Riddle is um, like to a certain, I mean, Riddle is not not helping, but to a certain degree, Riddle is keeping busy. There's not much more that Riddle can do for for Captain Kindness. So if, if you need Riddle for something, uh, they can help with that. It's just like, but in the absence of a, of a more important job, they're just trying to make the captain feel more comfortable. Okay. I was just curious. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think um, you you hear like some like, like uh, you, you feel sort of like, like re- uh, vibrations and reverberations through the ship as like things sort of clamp onto the outside. Bit of a bumpy ride here, isn't it? <laughs> well, we can't complain too much. We're being space towed. For sure. Um, it looks like uh mist, it looks like they're adding like they're adding like construction scaffolding to the outside. Okay. Uh well I think we kinda just need to let them do their job. Uh, I don't think I'm much help here, but Sonnet, maybe you can go find someone to thank for this? That sounds like a good idea, yeah. Find out whoever's in charge and see if there's a bill that needs to be paid. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll get out of the ship and see if I can get my bearings, basically, and maybe look for... Whoever might be in charge here. Uh, Mist, you can ride along right. in comms if you want, but if you want to stay on the ship, you can. I was going to ride along in comms. Okay. I, like, like, I imagine, like, everybody just has, like, either comm implants or something like that, mm-hmm. and I could just rest in there. Right, yeah. I don't think it's probably, it's probably not, um, I, I, I bet the implants themselves like the ones that are actually in your in your body are secure enough that you can't jump in because that would be a, a security problem, right? But uh-huh. they've got something on they've got some kind of like handheld computer or something or like a, a cell phone or whatever. You can jump into that. Yeah. Um so I think you uh you open the door and there are uh two guys uh sort of standing there um to either side of it and they're holding guns but their guns are pre- are held pretty lazily at their side and they sort of give you a little nod 
Hello there. Um, could you point me in the direction of um, whoever's in charge here so we can properly thank them? One of them snorts a little bit. The other one says, sure. Uh, let's see. Doctor's busy right now. Uh, Miss Bartow's going to be uh, over through that elevator down the way, up two floors, and then uh, second door on your right. Thanks, so I'll go ahead and see her. All right. They don't seem very chatty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just head over to my destination. Okay. Um, so you take the, you take the elevator up. You notice that there are a bunch of like, there's, um, a bunch of floors that you can't access, um, cause you'd need a key card or something. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and you, you head up and you're now on a floor where there are, you know, numerous offices. Um, there are some guards stationed around, um, and you head forward second door on the right. And it is a, uh, a, office with like like surrounded with like glass walls most of the offices here are and has um vertical blinds but the vertical blinds are open at the moment and there is a uh, a lady with some like thick uh black framed glasses um and like dark red hair uh sitting behind the desk and she is doing paperwork Hello there. Um, my name is uh, Sun in the Stars. I was uh, directed over to you in order to basically. I-, I wanted to thank you. We were kind of in a dire strait, and uh, I wanted to see if there was um, how we could repay you for this. Ah, the new arrivals. Uh, have a seat. I'm Lucille Bartow. Nice to meet you. What brings you out to this corner of space? Well, we basically, uh, during one of our, basically during this trip we're on, um, our hyperspace drive kind of gave out on us, and we also kind of discovered that the oxygen generator wasn't doing so well either. So, uh, yeah, we, we, we've we been kind of coasting along trying to find um, an ideal place to basically sit down get things working again and head back out on the road again. Uh, Lucille picks up a piece of paper from a folder and looks at it. She says, engineer report here says it's a pretty fancy ship. Uh, A lot of mechanical problems for quality this nice. What'd you do to it? Um, we're kind of explorers. We, we go places that, um, most people wouldn't would probably stay away from just because of how dangerous it is. And uh, we've definitely been near a few black holes in our time that that might have affected part hmm. of it. All right, stupid. I appreciate it. <laughs> well, uh, you are on Vestas Station, uh, our our little home. I was going to say away from home, but, you know, home is kind of blown up at this point, isn't it? So just home. Um, Wait, home blew up? I think she's talking about Earth. Oh, yeah, okay. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Mist. Bit of an odd one. Um, They didn't hear Mist, obviously. 
Uh, yeah. So, uh, I guess, uh, first of all, I should say, uh, welcome. Um, if you are looking to stay, obviously we can find uh, some, some housing and employment for you. There are plenty of opportunities here for hard workers. Um, if you are looking to leave, I'm sure we can find you a new ship. Wait, new ship? I mean, if you want to go out in a normal suit, by all means, but that's a long trip. <laughs> she starts working on another piece of paper. She's not looking at you very much during this conversation. We were uh, kind of hoping you would help us repair the ship so that we could be on our way, and then we could pay you using credits, more or less. Uh, your credits are not of much use to us here. Your ship is in a real state. Your hyperdrive is shot. The repairs on it will not be cheap. Uh, and combining the cost of those repairs plus the salvage fee and the state you were in, uh, long story short, thank you for the ship. Hmm. The people who towed us in didn't mention any of this when, like, we were brought in here. You signed a contract without looking at it. That's on you, kid. Anything else I can do for you? I'll need to talk with the rest of my shipmates, but uh, I might be back in a little bit. Sure. Doors always open, except for when I close it. All right. <laughs> I gotta head back to the ship, I guess, and give the bad news. <laughs> <laughs> well? As it turns out, um, they don't take credits. What they're taking is our ship, unless we think of something. I mean... Now listen, I'm just a simple-minded, uh, near-out logical intelligence, but uh, couldn't we, I don't know, work it off? Like, work off a debt? Because I'm rather attached to this ship, quite literally. Uh, Riddle uh, taps their fingers together. They've got like very clearly like prosthetic hands from the wrist up. Hmm. They, this sounds a lot like a con, um, which it's not impossible to make a business deal with a con man, but it is going to be tricky to get a deal that's even slightly fair, I think. Yeah, I imagine if we take them up on their offer to work it off, we're going to be spending at least five or ten years working here, if not longer. And that's if they're playing fair. Like, maybe they'll just be like, oh, congratulations, you're indebted to us forever. It's, It seems like they're detached from the rest of the world for a reason. So maybe we could steal the ship back, wait for them to do repairs, leave mist on here and have mist open doors and we get out of here. That's assuming they are doing repairs. From the sound of things, they might just be scrapping it as we're standing it within it. I can check that. Yeah, that, that sounds like a good idea. 
Yeah, like I zip around the the digital network to see mm-hmm. like what exactly they're doing. Um, it seems like there's a it's a it's a mixed bag. I think they are they are fixing up the ship basically, but it seems like there are parts that they are like like uh your um your nice sensor array, right? They're like, oh, we don't need this, and this will this will you know this will do well when like a trading convoy goes by or something. So they're like making plans to remove that, right? They're they're scrapping parts that they don't have as much use for is the plan but they they want the ship to work because the ship is it's a nice ship okay i'm assuming we have a limited we have a limited amount of time before they actually try and kick us off here so would it be possible for us to do a little bit of skullduggery within the station and perhaps grab the parts that we need to get us out of here and then take off. I mean, last I checked, our hyperdrive is the main problem and that material is hard to come by. Well, the oxygen's fairly large of a problem, too. Well, yes, obviously. I completely remember the oxygen part. (laughs) but i think uh riddle riddle is like like clicking their fingers uh i mean logically speaking if they wanted to make any use of this ship they would have to repair the oxygen the hyperdrive if they're doing no local stuff would not be as high of a priority for them i would think so perhaps we can count on them to take care of the oxygen and we take care of the hyperdrive? Yeah, that or as soon as we're able to get the oxygen fixed, if we aren't able to find replacement parts of the hyperdrive here, we could take off and head towards that uh, station we ended up not going to. Mm. My only worry Though I guess my only worry about that is without a hyperdrive if they are the sort to chase us, they will catch us. And we don't exactly have many weapons on this thing. Not the most. Okay. I guess we're going to have to do a little digging to see if we can find the hyperdrive components within here while they graciously fix our oxygen tank. I think, uh, like from from a nearby bed, uh, Captain Kindness paves ruined roads. Uh, says, <sighs> "This is a bit of a mess, isn't it?" I think, Captain. Yeah, in and out. Um, you know, I heard most of the conversation. Uh, it sounds like if this is the kind of station where this sort of thing is going on, maybe there's a black market or something of some sort. Um, maybe our best bet is to pretend we are joining up and explore. Well, I say we, I think, uh, I think I'll be sleeping this one off. Um, but you know, uh, I hate to say it, but you know, take a weapon and take a look around. Okay. Maybe we don't need to take weapons. I can take a look around. 
They can't detect me. Uh, they can't. They wouldn't detect you by default. That doesn't mean they can't detect you, unfortunately. Hmm. You do leave a trace. I, I know, Mist. We, uh, we try not to point it out. Seems rude of us, but... That's my tail, thank you. Oh, I was talking about your butt. Oh. Well... Digital tails equals butts, I guess. I guess so. Hmm. Sonnet, maybe you can convince someone out of the goodness of their hearts to just let us go? Who would I be convincing exactly? Like, the person... You were with me when we were speaking to the person in charge. They didn't really seem like they were interested in letting us go with the ship. Well, I also don't have psychic powers. Yeah, I guess I could take a look around and see if anyone is might be empathetic to our cause. Maybe that engineer person we saw briefly. Well, I saw briefly. All right. If you want to if you want to, you know, hit the streets, I'm down for that. Um Let's talk about let's talk about what this is, right? Um I could see this as a study, I could see this as a survey, I could see this as a hunt. There's a lot of things we could do here. Uh, tell me about how this is how this is going. So clearly, like step well, unless you're just doing this all psychically, step one is, you know, step off the ship, right? Yeah. Stepping off the ship and maybe like trying to get my bearings to figure out if like was I able to tell the exact kind of room that that person was in? Uh the engineer that you spoke to? Not the engineer I spoke to, the um engineer i saw when i was projecting myself right oh oh the, that one the um the girl um i mean she was in a dock of some sort um i think like oh yeah she was just in, she was just in a shipyard doing work okay i feel like if anyone's gonna help us it's likely someone in the shipyard so i guess my study would be to a, figure out where the dock is, and B, to kind of, like, study the people around me and see if I can figure out if one of them might be willing to help. Okay. Um, that seems like it's probably Hunt, since you're trying to find someone specific. So, okay. I don't roll that. 2d6, take the lower. Yep. Oh, boy. There you go, Jen. Oh, one. Okay. Um, so one of the things you quickly figure out is that this, like, they're doing a lot of um, mining of asteroids and, and salvage work. Um, you gather that this is not the first time there has been a ship either derelict or stranded in their area that they've sort of scooped up and, and done some, you know, either fixing up or taking apart. Uh, um, and as a consequence of that, there are a lot of shipyards. And this is sort of, you're having a bit of a needle in the haystack problem, find, trying to find one specific mechanic 
whose name you don't have. You only have like, hey, have you seen a girl who's got grease on her face? People are not like, <laughs> mm, I don't know how to help you with that. Um, or also sometimes not willing to, right? Um, and I think you end up uh, sort of like wandering around and um, you, you know, you talk to some mechanics um, who are not particularly helpful. And one of them was like, hey, I think I might, you know, I know where some of the mechanics go to hang out. You could go there and try and find your find your mechanic friend um, and you follow them there. And before you know it, you are just lost. Um, you are deeper in the station um, it is like, it feels like you're in a, in a, an area that is like built out of alleys is how it feels like all the walkways are really narrow, uh, tight between buildings. There are like little like pop-up, like restaurants and bars and, um, just like, you know, nothing like nothing too like, I think, I think it feels a lot like a college town almost a college town made out of alleys there we go that's evocative sure <laughs> sure why not um okay. that's like oh here's like a here's like a here's like a barbecue place so this place does like falafel um this is a karaoke bar this is like uh you know just like all, all kinds of like little businesses um and it seems mostly the focus is like when you get off of work from doing your work, either working, you know, doing mining or doing like scrap work or working on ships, um, you know, coming down here and blow off some steam and then, you know, get back to work tomorrow. Uh, the, okay. the, there are some guards here, but the guards are, it's interesting because the guards are different here. Um, the guards down below seemed like, um, they were very specifically like, like, I mean, first of all, they had guns, right? And yeah. these, gu these guards don't have guns. These guards have like some kind of like taser like device. Um, that's, you would recognize as basically being like, like very, um, it's designed to be weak. Basically. Um, it is sort of like, it, it, it was designed to address the problem of people misusing tasers. So it is, it is meant to subdue a person, but it could not subdue multiple people. Um, it seems like very much like, Hey, this person is here. If things go really bad, but generally they're just sort of another person. Like they're not going to give out parking tickets. They don't care. Okay. So they're just wandering around making sure that civil dis disobedience doesn't happen. Yeah, more or less. Um, and like, you know, they'll like, they'll stop by and they'll, they'll, you know, they're saying hi to people as they go. They'll stop by and they'll have a, they'll have like a, a beer and they'll pay for it. Right. They're not getting stuff on the house. Um, I guess kind of the way the economy around here works is that they have like, they have a card and it doesn't do credits. It's just kind of like, it keeps track of what you've been, what you've been like, sort of spending money on um and i think this is just through osmosis like hearing conversations you hear people like talking about like oh come on i'm good for it or whatever and you get the sense that it's like this card tracks your sort of like air quotes purchases and there's not really a limit but if you go too hog wild someone's going to pull you aside and talk to you 
Okay. So it's not like you have a set amount of money, but if someone's like, hey, you're having 10 beers every night, what the fuck, man? You know? Right. Yeah. So. Okay. So I guess what I really need to be doing is finding my bearings and potentially getting back to the ship now, huh? If you want. This this is, is this here's a, here's a, here's a question, right? Yeah. Is like first off, is Sonnet the kind of person who when like when they realize they're lost but lost in an interesting place, is their priority to figure out how to get back? Or are they like, you know, I don't feel like I'm in danger, let me wander around. And then also, secondary question, given your new connection to you know, your your empathy powers is there a degree to which, like, you might get caught up in the emotion around you? Not necessarily like, oh, man, everyone here is really happy, so now I'm just, like, I'm basically drunk too, woohoo, but sort of, like, you could get caught up in the energy of it. I don't know. Yeah, I think there's, like, an energy from being in a new, slightly bizarre place. Like, um, the configuration is very unusual, and uh, maybe almost a little bit of nostalgia for the aim college sound that we went to so i think then um yeah i mean like what what like so you're in sort of like a commercial district and if you want to get food or if you want to go to a bar or if you want to drop by a little shop or if you just kind of want to see the sights you know what's going on also uh miss did you come with yes i think i did come with and I imagine, like, when Sonnet mentions that it's a lot like a college town we used to go to, Miss sort of reminisces a little bit of, like, oh, right. Do you ever, like, miss eating? Or... You get used to it. I just download JPEGs. It's like eating. (laughs) (laughs) I eat digital lasagna. (laughs) <laughs> the lower oh. res the better oh it's like grease yeah, it's so crunchy. good <laughs> yeah but a more serious answer is like you unfortunately get used to it I miss the smells though yeah that's that's understandable I think one thing you can sense missed is that mm-hmm. In this area, it's like a lot of really, there are not a lot of complex machines here, right? Like, right. it's a lot of like, like, you know, like flat top stoves and like basic karaoke machines and like neon lights. But like, if you were in, uh, you know, like a Meridian or a Valk station, it'd be like all of this was being run by like a sophisticated like you know management software or something right and there's nothing like that here um there is a system for tracking like the cards the purchases but other than that there's basically no networked data hmm well i say we do some wandering while we're here you feeling up for it mist sure let me mull it over and, uh, like, you detect that Mist has entered, like, a sort of 
just analytic state. And it's just trying to like think of options. Hmm. Um, because what Mist wants to do is somehow is like she feels um, she's well stuck in this like handheld unit at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and is wondering like if there is really is there really no like there's a network to track spending. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there are machines you can jump to if that's what you're asking. Yeah. Sure. There are plenty of machines you could jump to. I don't think there are a lot of like computers, but like if you want to jump to someone else's phone, that would be a role because you're going to have to, you know, because there's security on that. But if you want to jump to like the, like the, um, the burners and stuff on a takoyaki stand. Sure. I'm not going to stop. <laughs> you. That's fine. That's, that's not a role. That's free. Um, <laughs> I make it extra crispy. <laughs> oh no! Mm-hmm. It's gonna be so uh, hot. It's gonna kill somebody. <laughs> oh no! Roll for damage. Um. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Um, I'm just trying to think of. I don't know. Like maybe there's some sort of ship's log that we can fudge some numbers and maybe get us like like not have to pay off like something some ridiculous debt <laughs> uh give me scan let's do scan i got a five okay um so i think you are sort of like hopping around um, and sort of like this is it, it, it's it's hard I'm sure for us to describe exactly what this like looks like slash feels like to mist but like maybe if this were you know sort of rendered visually it'd be like different types of electronics or different colors or whatever right mm-hmm. and you sort of learn yeah. to start like like okay this kind of this color is like like foods food stalls and stuff I should just ignore this one right and you sort of start mm-hmm. filtering out different colors and looking for for different types um and you jump to there is a little like um computer terminal that is like a little like um a little stand that someone has set up it is one of their businesses it is um tucked decently out of the way and this is a stand where a person is um the language is such that they are clearly they're trying to be coy about it um but they are offering to uh, modify some of the records for P- for for customers. Interesting. I'm guessing they probably don't take credits either. Nobody here takes credits. But maybe you can talk with them. Yeah, I guess I could find out, like, um, what their price might be to, like, uh, get us out of the red with the ship. If you want to do that, just say so. Okay, yeah. I'll go ahead and uh, talk with them and see what it might be 
what it might cost to get the ship uh, out of harm's way. Uh, so you you sort of walk up and there is a uh, there is a uh, an individual in like uh, a pair of uh, sunglasses um, with like sort of a, like a baggy brown hoodie um, who is um, who's gesturing and sort of pointing like hello welcome to my humble little shop my name is CT uh, please no real names around here uh, we all know how it is. Uh, station security uh, can be can be a good friend, but sometimes can be a little bit less of a friend. And around here, we like to help station security by taking things off their desk. They have so much work to do. Don't you think so, friends? And so why not take a little bit of time, a little bit of work, and make it so they just, there are some things they don't have to worry about. What can I help you with today? What, what should I call you? Uh, you can call me Trouble. Trouble. Okay. Don't tend to like trouble around here, but, you know, I'm also very good at making trouble go away, but I'm hoping you don't go away unless you go away with a business offer in your hands. What can I do for you? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, about that thing about taking work off the hands of the guards. Uh... Yeah, it's very patriotic around here. Very patriotic. <laughs> I recently arrived with a uh, ship with my friends, and I was hoping to take that off their hands as well. Mm. And was kind of curious about what that might uh, what that might cost. Let's see here, pulling up some recent arrivals. Mm, you wouldn't happen to be that fancy recon ship, would you? That's the one. Yeah. Ooh. There's a lot of heat on that one, my friend. That is not going to be easy. Listen, never never let it be said that CT turns down a business deal. The door is always open. Sometimes it just takes a little extra work to get those hinges going. You know it, my friend. So, let's talk. You would like for this problem to be not a problem. You would like to uh to have a little a little a little pass get out of the system and just just slide on your merry way now uh unfortunately for you uh miss barto everybody everybody here knows and, and loves and respects miss barto uh <clears throat> big fans of miss barto says rather loudly <laughs> and of course the good doctor um have taken a bit of a personal interest in this case um again doors hinges doable but difficult so, let's talk. What can you offer oh. me? Hmm. Mist, is there a way for you to, like, check our inventory and see if there's anything valuable that we're able to part with? Huh? I could certainly scan our records and see if we have any, like, hmm. That'll be tough, but I could take a look and um, just connect me to the ship. You know, you know how to connect me. Just connect me. Okay. Um. 
And I imagine that like our little like handheld computer or whatever has like a copy of data like on the ship. Right. Yeah. Sure. Um, and I'm going to, let's see. It's definitely a study. Yeah, that is absolutely that. And I'm going to push myself. Okay. We'll take it to see if we can find something lucrative. All right. I'll give you another two stress there. Bang. You're up to four. It's been a stressful day for Mist Overfields. It really has. 2d6? Yes. Uh, no, 3d6. You've got... You just pushed oh. us. Oh, wait, no, sorry. I'm looking at the wrong character. You're right. Well, I got a five. You got a five. Okay. Um, hmm. So, I think... Um, Let me think for a minute. Maybe we have a piece of like rent extraction extracted tech that we can part with that isn't particularly useful, but is like to the anti-entropist is just sort of like, huh, that's interesting. And but to anybody else would think like is a miracle. Yeah, it's like a party trick to us, but uh, to everyone else, it's like, holy shit, this is the most amazing thing ever. Well, if it was a six, I think that would be the case. With a five, okay. I think it's something that is actually like a kind of a bummer to part with, but we can do. Um, I think... Um, let me look at a character sheet thing, because I just had an idea. Okay. Uh, Not that one. Going to the proxies page. Um, uh, So, I think you, uh, I want you, you can do this if you declare a load and then immediately mark that load as as not being able to be used for a fine hollow projector. Okay. Um, so yeah, that that is, that is like, it's like, it's like a burned piece of load. You'll have to do some work to get that slot back in use because basically it's like, oh, we've got this, we've got this hollow projector. And for you, it's particularly useful because sometimes you like, you want to, you know, use the projector to have some kind of representation for dealing with things or to like when you're like, you're studying something and you like project yourself as a figure so you can gesture at things to show the crew or whatever. Right. It's definitely useful, but uh, it's a lot more useful to someone like CT here. And you're like, I guess, I guess if that's what it costs us. And mist just like size or, I could just sigh with my actual mouth, can't I? Uh, I don't know. Can you? (sighs) We have the projector that we can part with. I mean, I liked it, but we need to get out of here and resume our mission. And the mission is more important than, you know. Yeah, and... We could always pick up another one of those. Picking up another ship might be a bit more difficult. Right. 
Okay, a projector, a projector. So when you say projector, are we talking like, uh, like, uh, let's show the class a uh, documentary about drunk driving? Or are we talking like, uh, look, it's Kanye, Space Kanye on space stage? <laughs> Definitely closer to the Space Kanye situation. Like, okay. um, it can render objects three-dimensionally, um, objects, places, people, that kind of thing. That seems pretty handy. Okay. All right. So here's what I can do for you. You get me that projector, and uh, I can arrange things such that uh, I can't let you go free, right? That's 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 a big ask. That's a big ask. I'm I am but a, I am but a humble business person trying to get by in this world and trying to do right by the people around me and uh, deeply respecting our leaders. Uh, and so what I can do for you is I can make it so that uh, you fall into a bit of a loophole. There's a bit of a situation where they uh, they lose track of you, right? And what happens then? You know, gosh, anything could happen. Does that seem fair to you? That seems pretty fair to me, yeah. All right, all right. Uh, so here, here is what I am going to say. Uh, and let me check my watch here. In about seven hours, uh, there is going to be a power outage in your dock. At that time, if you can move your ship about uh, 200 meters, uh, uh in a direction that it's space, so I don't know how to say directions. Uh, this is me, six, not knowing what directions are in space, but, you know, in a direction. Um, and then uh, when the power comes back on, everything will be okay. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds good to me. All right. Pleasure doing business. Anything else I can interest you while you're here? I got uh I got watches. I got uh I mean, mostly just watches and and deals. You wouldn't happen to know where we could find some hyperdrive filament, would you? You know, it's funny you should ask. I have no idea. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, well, let's say we... honest. <laughs> honest CT. That's what they call him. <laughs> well, well, we'll take what we can get, and uh, I'll go ahead and get you that projector. Thank you. Of course. And hey, anything else comes up? Any other? Any other? You need a? Anytime you need a, a CT scan, get your little finger guns. I got you. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind. Thanks. Okay, so I assume we get the projector and bring it over pretty quickly, and then that gets taken care yeah, of we, we as can, we search. Yeah, the... we can we can skip over that. That's not it's not interesting to play that out. So okay, yeah. so we have seven hours to uh, find a hyperdrive or the hyperdrive parts, get it fixed, and prepare for the blackout. Um, hmm. Okay. Since there's no real computer system here, we can't really jump into anywhere to find a directory, right? 
Um, I mean, there are just like signs, like it's just like there are just like signs on the wall, but they're you know only for what's nearby. There's no there's no good like you know directory as you say. Okay. Right. Um. People who live here tend to be here for a very long time and tend to get to know the place very well. So. It's not really built for tourists. Yeah. And I'm guessing we can't really part with much else on our ship as barter, so we need to figure out where we might be able to maybe fleece a hard drive piece. A hard drive piece? No, uh, not a hard drive, a hyperdrive piece. Well, I mean, there was that other six days you say there was like another piece of like area that we haven't explored. Uh, you mean like in space? Yes. In space, yes. yes. There was um I mean there there were some there were some uh gas giants that you could theoretically mine. I mean you you you'd have to get closer to know for sure, but you might be able to mine the materials you need and refine them and and build a replacement part. That would not be a a fast or easy process. Yeah, and that's assuming that they don't come chasing after us once we pull our disappearing act. It seemed like they had pretty good scopes. As analog as they were. Hmm. What if we found another ship nearby and stole their hyperdrive? That's asking a lot. <laughs> um. Yeah, I guess the more low-key and uh, less violent way would be just to kind of find what we need around the area and not take it from something one who's actively using it. Um, yeah. I don't really know how we get there, though. Like, would I do a another study or survey role to figure out where we need to go? Or... Mm, or you could do like a sway to like talk to people and see who they know like like you know basically it's like are you going to be is this um think of this as like a montage in a movie is this a montage of you like like looking at street signs and ducking down side roads is this a montage of you like staring at a map like that you somehow like maybe you bought from like a gift shop or something um or is this a montage of you like like talking to people and asking questions uh, maybe talking to people and asking questions, just because we already got kind of lost ourselves, even if we have a way back. Okay, go ahead and roll us way for me then. Okay. Um, and I think at this point, um, you are in a risky position because you've had a couple of partial successes and you're doing illegal things. Or, you know, illegal okay. is a weird... You're doing things that the administration here does not like. Okay. Five and a six. Okay. Six is a six. That's how sixes do. Um, I think you are like you're talking to people about like trying to get a like a replacement like hyperdrive filament or just a whole new hyperdrive. And there's not a lot of demand for hyperdrives around here. People tend to be pretty focused on on this station because uh, something I think you gather is that this is not one of the like this is not Valk Meridian. Anti-Entropist or uh, Orion, a.k.a. Glass Spectre. 
right? This is not uh-huh. any of those. Um, this is some other group that left from Earth that I I don't think you know specifically who. Um, like you, you're not able to, to narrow it down in your files. Be like, this is not one of the major groups. This is a group that we don't have very much information on. Um, and um, they like I think they know of the Solara sector as being like, oh yeah, there's a bunch of signals over at this point in space. Whatever's going on over gone going on over there, man, fuck that. Yeah, not my business. Like. Not my circus, not my mon- or not my monkey, not my exactly. circus. Exactly, yeah. Just, just like, staying well out of that shit. Uh, we stay out here, we pick up derelict ships, and we, we scrap them, and it's an honest living, and nobody fucks with us. Um, but as such, that means they don't have as much use for hyperdrives, because for their money, it's like, listen, we pick up asteroids, we mine them for resources, occasionally we get stuff from nearby gas giants with sublight, but like... What are we going to do? We're going to travel 20 light years to go to another fucking star and just get burned up by radiation? What's the point? Um, and so for a while, you're not having any luck finding anyone who has these materials just because they're not many used to them. Um, and someone's like, oh, there is that one. There is that one girl. There's Alice. And a couple of the other people around are like, oh, Alice. Whew. Um, it's like, yeah, Alice is a uh, Alice is a. Uh, tinkerer and an engineer um, and she works in the shipyards um, but also in her free time she is doing some hyperspace tinkering and experiments and you find out where to find her um, and she basically she has there is a um, the um, the asteroids um, as the asteroid was built sort of like well not <laughs> it wasn't built um asteroids just sort of exist but the way the asteroid was um established originally it was just the one big asteroid and they've sort of bolted things onto it right and as they bolted things onto it attaching pieces has meant that existing spaceports suddenly become not desirable right because they're too close in proximity to other things they're not useful as spaceports anymore um and so there are a couple of spaceports on this asteroid that are mostly just like used as like oh, if you want to do your own, like, engineering work, this is, like, nobody really cares because it's not useful as a proper spaceport anymore. Um, and in one of these, you are told you can find uh, Alice Amberhurst. Okay. So I guess we're going to go ahead over to the spaceport where she seems to be, or at least the general area. And I think you head over there, and um, there's um, you step in, and, and pretty quickly, like, okay, there's no gravity here. Um, there's oxygen, but there's no gravity. Um, and so you have a disorienting moment where you step through, like, the door opens, and you step through the door, and you just sort of keep going, and you have to, like, grab a railing, because you're like, oh, shit, wait. <laughs> um, and that also happens because you have a moment of, um, like, you would have grabbed on and, and reacted much quicker, but you have a moment of sort of, like, of, of realization that sort of jars you because this is the scene from one of your visions. Oh. Okay. This, you, you see, like, the ship that that girl was working on from before. You see, like, this is the spaceport. This is the ship she was working on. Um, you don't see her at the moment, but this is, this, is, this is definitely where that vision took place. 
that's good to know. I guess we should look around the area and see if she's nearby. And I don't think it takes too long before you find that, like, there's, um, there are a number of, like, um, like, derelict ships and, like, um, sort of, like, like, junkyard, like, scrap projects that are floating around. Um, there are nets around them to keep, like, loose parts from flying off and colliding with things. Um, because, so, like, inside the net you'll see, like, there's a ship and then just, like, up against the net there are a bunch of, like, loose, like, bolts and, like, wires and stuff that are just sort of floating there because they're all in various states of, of disassembly or reassembly or whatever. Um, and near one of them, uh, near sort of like the, the bottom, again, directions are weird in space, um, you see a girl in a, in a pair of overalls. Um, she's got uh, dirty blonde hair. She has a welding mask uh, lifted up uh, onto her forehead, and she is uh, tinkering away with a uh, a small looks like uh it's it's large for a jet bike but a jet bike is smaller compared to most of the things around here and she's fairly focused on her work uh hi there um i'm sonnet and I was told that uh, you might know a thing or two about uh where to find a hyperdrive uh, she doesn't react at all. She's she's just staring at her work and, and moving tools. Hmm. Hello? Uh, there's a slight movement, and then she reaches up and pulls an earphone out of her ear. Huh? Oh, hi there. Um, I'm Sonnet of the Stars, and uh, I was... Told that you might uh, know where to procure a hyperdrive around here. Oh, uh, hi, I'm Alice. Uh, welcome to my... She seems to be struggling for a word for it. Place? Sure. Um, yeah, I don't have a hyperdrive. Uh, what do you need a hyperdrive for? Basically trying to uh, leave the station relatively soon. Is it important? Kinda, yeah. See, the people who ended up pulling our ship here kind of took a liking to it, so if we don't move quickly, it's likely not going to be our ship for much longer. Her eyes narrow, but not in like a malevolent, in sort of like a, like a like a interesting kind of way. And she's like, how do you feel about science? Science is pretty cool. Like, uh, we're anti-anthropists, so we kind of uh, spend a lot of time exploring the universe, figuring out how things work, sometimes putting ourselves in danger to see what happens. That kind of I don't thing. know who that is, but that sounds cool. Um, and that actually sounds pretty much ideal here come here and uh, she kicks off the ground and floats up towards you know something else another piece of machinery with you know like the, the net around it okay uh, and she peels it back and she says so you wanted a hyperdrive unfortunately hyperdrives require a pretty precision molding of the filament and uh, I do not have the tools to do that 
I have all the materials involved, and uh, I have, fortunately for you, the best engineering mind on this station, and so I came up with a solution. I may not be able to do the fine engineering of a filament, but I can do a little more broad engineering, which brings us to this. And she gestures at this big chunk of metal. It's like, okay, it's a piece of metal. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a machine of some sort, but like, it is not self-evident what it is. Huh, what does it do? I call it the hyperbomb. Now, hyperdrive charges up, creates the, the, little, the little hole between spaces, pulls you through, right? Uh, with the hyperbomb, uh, it's kind of a one-time use deal. Uh, but you can go very far, and you can propel multiple things if you want to. It basically creates a hyperspace propulsion from the point of detonation, and anything in close proximity gets catapulted. I see. So we might be able to control the direction, but not necessarily how far we go? I mean, you just do the math. It'll be fine. In theory. Okay, it's it slightly more chaotic than a hyperdrive, but I guess we take whatever we can get, huh? I mean, listen, one day this, you know, hyperdrives are great, right? But what if, what if you have a bunch of small ships that can't fit a hyperdrive, right? You can send them all to the same place at once with one of these, in theory. That's a pretty cool theory. Thanks. Uh, so... Yeah, if you are willing to uh, to give me some data, uh, I suppose I could be convinced to, to part with a prototype here. Sure, yeah, I'd be happy to help you out with data. Excellent. I know data. <laughs> <laughs> Who said that? Oh, hi. I'm Mist Over Fields. Sonnet, show her the screen. Okay. I, I just hold out my phone, and uh, there's some sort of visual approximation of Mist Overfields uh, appearing there. Uh, hey, Siri. No. no. Okay. No. Okay. I don't do that. All right. Uh, are you an AI or a... Hmm. Hmm. What exactly are you? It's a bit of a long story but let me just say that i can help you with your data problem Ooh. i can look at a lot of data very quickly excellent okay well then uh all right so uh i can hook up my oh hang on hang on and she kicks off um and floats over towards another thing and there's a little bit of beat and then she comes back and she's got in her hands a decent sized computer um, and she's like, I can wire this up, and then we can start working on calculations. Um, uh, data Ghost, I will need your help with that one. I mean, I won't need your help, but it'd be good. O- My name's Mist Overfield. Right, but you're a Data Ghost, right? Sure. Okay. Uh, you know, just listen. I, I like to... I like to... Uh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> 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 so... All right, uh, set this up, and uh, yeah, math time. Um, I will start making adjustments. Um, how 
when are we doing this? Uh, we were thinking right now. Okay. All right. Uh, there's going to be a blackout happening at uh, some point. So basically around then. I just want to warn you, if you're doing this in a normal suit, it is unlike, I have don't have all the data yet, but it is unlikely you'll survive. You would probably want a ship. Yeah, we, we have a ship we can use. With okay, it. that um, was unclear. Okay, good. That will make yeah. this easier. <sighs> All right. Well, um, I guess I'll just I'll get this, I'll get this over there. Um, where are you where are you headed? Um, basically trying to find the next uh, dock we can in order to finalize whatever didn't get patched up and. Uh, replaced anything that may have been taken i think she was more talking about maybe broader than that oh well did we really have a set destination or are we just kind of we're kind of just space explorers trying to find what we find in find interesting things in this part of the galaxy and hey. hmm Hmm. Okay. All right. Well, um, I will get this over to your ship and we'll start setting things up. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, I may have to direct the blast so I don't send the rest of the station flying off into... Sorry, don't mind me. <laughs> okay. I, uh, Mist helps uh, Alice with the calculations. Uh, yeah, by... But you are you you do quickly come to the realization like okay we're gonna have to direct the blast because by default you would send your ship in one direction and the entire space station basically an equal distance the other way, <laughs> which <laughs> that would that be would bad. be pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there there are people living there other than the person who's trying to steal our ship. So, um, all right, well, uh. It all comes down to this gang. I would like y'all to make a roll to escape here. Okay. Um, I want a roll from each of you. Uh, Mist over fields. I would like a maneuver from you for for pulling this off. And then uh, sonnets. Um, how do you think you assist with this plan? Hmm. I guess that I could, um... So you have an ability called Broadcast? Um... Yeah, I was thinking about doing that. Like, uh, send a mental shockwave out to basically prevent anyone from stopping us as we're mm -hmm. going. So if you wanted to spend two stress, I'd let you make a, uh, a sway roll for that one. Okay, I Just can to that. kind of lock everyone up. I think probably the most sensible thing would be to, like, like combination like nobody follow us but also like hey get back because this might be messy you know mm -hmm. um yeah like send it out a sense of impending danger mm -hmm. okay well let's let's make both of our rolls then um i'm going to push myself you're making all kinds of stress today look it's a very stressful day for mr Wheels. <laughs> all right fair enough 
3d6? Yes. Nope, floor. Drop the die. Floor, don't count. Come on. <laughs> uh, five, five, and one. All right, and then Sonnet. Okay. How many dice does Sonnet roll? Uh, Sonnet's rolling sway and pushing herself, so again, 3d6. Okay. Okay. Uh, two, four, and a six. Okay. So a six and a five. Um, so I think, um, so you start to, to fire up the hyper bomb, right? You start to, you start to charge it, right? Um, Mm -hmm. the lights go out, you shift the ship to the side. When you turn, when the lights come back on, there are two ships because CT is making use of the hologram projector you gave him. Excellent. <laughs> nice. Uh, to project a second ship. And so there is there is a moment of, of uh, like, at first they don't notice your ship because you've moved a little bit out of the way. Um, but then, you know, they, there starts to be a loud hum as the, as the hyperbomb gets ready to activate. And everyone's like, what the fuck is that? Um, and that's when they get hit by the wave from Sonnet and everyone um, is sort of hit by it. Like, is like... At first, like, there's a mix of, like, like reaction to this noise of, like, curiosity and, like, like uh, like a sense of danger. And with, with your psychic influence, you basically turn it to a universal sense of, like, I need to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> um, and so everybody, like, scrambles out of the hangar. Um, the hyperspace bomb goes off. And you are uh, catapulted through space. Um, and you, I think, uh, your calculations end up, uh, being slightly off, but it works out more or less okay, because the way they're off is you pass a little too close to a black hole. Oh. Um, but that sounds worse than it is. Because it just sort of tugs you a little bit off course so that you end up in a, it's like, when, when it comes out, you feel, it feels bad, right? Mm-hmm. Like, hyperspace is just sort of like, okay, the ship sort of lurches and sort of, like, vibrates and hums. Um, but the moment where you're in hyperspace and you get too close to the black hole, it feels like... It feels like all of reality has been encapsulated in this, like tube and someone grabbed it and just started to bend it it feels like everything is bending oh it feels very bad (laughs) (laughs) um and uh i think for both of you it also feels uh unpleasantly nostalgic yeah right (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's not good um mist is like oh no not again (laughs) yeah um is kind of uh getting close to getting sick (laughs) And then you snap out of hyperspace and you are in a stable orbit of a black hole next to a space station run by the anti-entropist faction, the Bed and Breakfast. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that sounds like a nice place to um, kick our feet up for a bit. And I think uh, the the last thing we're going to get before we cut here is uh 
is I think everyone is on the everyone is on the bridge, like looking at the black hole with a mixture of like fear and like relief. Like, okay, we know where we are. We're back in the Solaris sector. This is gonna be okay, right? And then from behind you, there's an unexpected voice of Alice Amberhurst going, "Whoa, where are we now?" Because <laughs> with your five, you had a stowaway. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Uh, and I think that's it for this episode. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, this is this was a really fun twist on our setting. Now, who knows? Maybe these characters will come back. Maybe they won't. Maybe they'll be NPCs at some point. I don't know. I I genuinely have no idea. But I, I liked playing Mist Over Fields. So I'll just say that it's, it's fun to mess around with this space. And also, I think it's been it's beneficial to create characters knowing actually what the setting is a little better than when you first started. Uh, totally so uh but i think that's it for us here uh thank you so much uh to to our patrons for your support i hope you enjoyed the episode um and i guess uh the only thing that's left to say is that uh is is uh where we will see you we will see you in the stars indeed uh see you folks peace Later.